This podcast may contain adult language and content not suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. Hello! Welcome to another episode of Glamazons and Leprechauns, where two women at opposite ends of the height spectrum offer their unique perspectives on culture and society. I am the six-foot fabulous Tracy Payne Black. I am the five-foot furious Rochelle Sharma. We are a forthright, fearless, and hopefully comedic female podcast tackling the important issues that gals like us face, and really just like what society faces right now. So... Um, if you notice, Rochelle sounds a little tinny this time around, right, Rochelle? Slightly tinnier. Tracy, Tracy has me uh, trapped in one of those people-sized barrels, and all she's given me is a microphone and a crust of bread. <laughs> Otherwise known as Zoom. So she's at Otherwise home in her own, Zoom. yes, in her own box. Just our, our COVID nev- numbers are so bad that um, it's just better to attempt our podcast this way than attempt to do it in person and risk infection. Yeah, because I've been exposed and I'm currently awaiting my test results. I have no symptoms, but uh, I what did they say? Seven to ten business days. I still don't have them. I called the place where I got tested and they're like, yeah, that lab is terrible. We're not doing business with them anymore. And I said, oh, what does this mean for me? Oh, well, legally, they still have to give us the results of your test. And I thought, oh, yeah, now that you're not working with them, I'm sure they'll get right on that. Right. Just like uh, Trump is supposed to show us his taxes. You know, here's (laughs) the thing. There was a PBS um, little article um, yet that came out yesterday about how, yes, we're doing a lot more testing, but that getting the results is, is not quick enough. And then I, does that have a correlation with Trump saying, slow down the testing? I mean, you have to wonder, is it really the company, um, were, you know, the lab saying, oh, we're just, we're slow for whatever, you know, logistic reasons, or is this coming down from higher up? Um, you know, I think in my case, uh, I went to my insurance company's website. I went to the testing facility that they were like, hey, go here if you want to get tested. And um, got online, made an appointment, next available appointment, I believe it was like the next day at 11 a.m., walked in and they were like, yeah, we're three hours behind. We've had a lot of walk-ins. And I said, okay, but I made an appointment. They were like, yeah, we only have one person giving the testing right now. Uh, To be honest, the place where I went, mm, they were a little... little sketchy? uh, No, they just weren't on the ball. I think they were a bit overwhelmed with the number of people coming to them for testing. And I think that translated down the line to the lab that they use because uh, I called the lab that they use directly. I didn't really think um, that <laughs> the, the place where I got the test done was going to call me in a timely manner. So I decided to see if I could contact the lab directly. And I called them. The young lady that I talked to was like, we are getting tests by the thousands at this point. I believe that they are truly um, 
overwhelmed and underprepared, which kind of surprises me considering how long have we known about this? Um, I don't know. Human beings aren't the best at being prepared for stuff, even when they think about it and talk about it quite a bit. No, when like, it actually happens, they tend to go into panic mode. It's the same as hurricane season. You know it's coming every year. Right. And yet, you know, people aren't prepared because some people don't <laughs> take it seriously. Like, shit, it's water and it's fallen from the sky. Right. <laughs> you know, June to, June to really November each year in certain places, you, you know that one serious storm might hit and yet no one no one cares well i won't say no one cares but people that have been through them and been been through them it's like the boy who cried wolf but no one's really been through this that's uh well unless you're still around from the old influenza days maybe you're a hundred and almost years old but anyway so um those statistics and covid might fit in to what we're talking in fact it will have something to do with what we're talking about today today is shifting gears yes indeed changing careers midway through your life or you know a lot of people are having to change careers right now because a lot of people are out of work and we have some statistics on that information as well but before we uh tackle that real quick how, how are you doing i'm it you were the only person I have seen in person since March, um, other than people at the hospital. And of course, you know, I had to go to a funeral, but we couldn't. So I saw people, but again, from a distance. So let me rephrase that. You're the only person I've seen in within a six foot distance um, that I know that's a friend since March. And that's that's sad. It is sad. And <laughs> I, I do. I do think there's a little bit of humor that you finally allow somebody around. And uh, then the next week I have to say, oh, by the way, my husband has coronavirus and I'm being tested. <laughs> Whoops. Oops. <laughs> I'm fine. I don't know. I take a lot of this in stride. I don't tend to get too riled up about it. When I do get riled up about things, it's, it's usually the wrong things, like cookies. And... Uh, Arguments in public with homeless people or whatever I'm into being mad about that week. Yeah, I remember that week that that happened. <laughs> so anyway, I, I do hope you get your results back because, um, you know, your annual 4th of July barbecue would be on Saturday. And right. I'm that was, you know, I, I'm looking forward to that. Right. I'm looking forward to getting in the pool. It's going to be a very hot day. And wanted some sort of relaxation and socialization and and food. Well, I feel fine. I have had zero symptoms. So I'm pretty sure that, uh, I mean, after 15 years of marriage, it's that not that hard to social distance yourself because they'll, you know, after what he did to my oleanders, I was like, yeah, you can stay away from me for a couple weeks. Um the good news is that by 4th of July, that's well over the 14-day period. Right. Um, so you should still be able to come over, no problem. I'm not sure what I'm making yet. Uh, probably ribs again. That is the easiest thing. And the pool looks beautiful. So I'm very excited. some fireworks in the garage, too. Woohoo! Well, with the fires right now, I'm, I'm really surprised they're going to allow fireworks. I mean, not counting the ones that have been happening every night for the past month. 
but with all the fires, I'm, I'm just surprised they haven't, you know, banned them or put a no burn night on 4th of July. You know, I see what you're saying, but I think realistically, since it's the only fun we have (laughs) stepping down from the large fireworks show, it's going to be a lot of people doing this in their own backyards. So I guess if they're going to burn anything, they're burning their own place. They're going to burn it down. I'm looking at some statistics here. Yes, so unemployment claims soared to 7 million in March. And when I say soared, you know, the 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 line before that 7 million was below a million. Right. You know, so imagine that many people unemployed all at the same time. And then it went down a little bit in April and then spiked up to 6 million again in May. And since then, it's been on a decline, which means people are beginning to go back to work. But who are these individuals that are out of work? Um, I wanted to find out some information about that. I happen to be one myself, but I wanted to know, you know, what are the statistics? Who, who's, what type of demographics are within that unemployment? Okay, so just to give you an idea, Typically, younger people, like 16 to 19 years of age, so, um, you know, those just beginning to enter the workforce usually always have a higher amount of unemployment than people in other demographics. Right. But in March, you can see, uh, really in April, um, those numbers doubled and tripled, and the younger people were actually the most affected. And that makes sense, because restaurants and places where you're a server or any other place where you're interacting they lost all they lost a lot of their jobs you can see everyone increased though their unemployment all over the board from like 16 to 55 but they the younger people were the most affected you can also see that younger women were more affected than men absolutely so um probably about eight to nine percent more younger women were affected and lost their jobs than men Uh, married women lost their jobs more than men as well and within that group what I also wanted to know is how many um, older people lost their jobs and this is sort of an important aspect because normally you know, older people. And then when I say older, I mean 55 plus. So we've got, you know, that's a, that's a decade away for me anyway. For Shell, it's only a year. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a couple months older than you. So whatever. Anyhow, the unemployment for, for um, the 55 plusers usually runs about two, two million a month. Um, And, but then in, April that went to 13 million and the difference between these older people and the younger people obviously is the younger are just about to begin their careers so you know you imagine they will not be unemployed for long Um, there's an understanding when you go in for a job interview that your resume is going to be a little on the lax side a little less experience and they're ready to give you that experience and give you that opportunity when you're older it's a little bit different and where do you go at that point when you still need to work 
And the latest statistics also show that older people will need to work longer. So what do you do? And then and then I was wondering, well, how educated are um, the older workforce, etc. So again, these are all recent within the past month or so. These are all recent statistics from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. About 40% of people ages 55 and older were working or actively looking for work. Um, actually, that, this is, these are a couple years ago, but this part's important. Um, this number is known as the labor force participation rate, and it's expected to increase fastest for the older population, most notably people ages 65 to 74 and 75 and older. You know, people that should really be on like a Viking River cruise or somewhere off, wouldn't that be great, off celebrating. But the, the estimate is that those people through 2024 are expected to be the highest demographic of people um, increased in the workforce. And it says, in contrast, um, participation rates for most of the other age groups are not projected to change. So the same amount of young people will be working, the same amount of, you know, 20 to, 20 to 45 and 45 to, to 65. But the older people that really, and this should be disheartening for anyone listening, that we're basically all going to have to work until we're dead. We are on the Conan wheel of pain going around and around in a circle until it's time to defeat the snake king. I mean, Uh, and if you don't understand my reference, just Google like James Earl Jones, snake Conan. And I'm sure there's a YouTube clip of this or wheel uh, of pain, Conan wheel of pain. And so I'm like, okay, you know, if you're like me or you will be me in a few decades, if you're a younger person, you think, okay, I'm just started what you would call a second career act for my sanity and happiness. And I worked hard on my education to plan a, what do I want to say? How do, how do I want to say this? A, to, to make that jump hopefully more successful, to make the landing pad a little bit more cushiony. So when I switched over, I'd have some things on my resume, some experience and some education to help me along the way. And even with that, um, it's been very difficult to find a new full-time job. Even with all my experience, my education, my certifications, all of that. And I would, I consider myself, you know, in, in like an upper echelon of, of someone that should be able to land a really good decent paying job. So if I can't land one, what a, what are these 55 plusers going to do that may not be educated, you know? And so I wanted to know like, okay, what age demographics of people, what are the education trends basically? What does that look like? So this is all broken down into different um, types of work in the workforce and these are the percentages overall of people 25 years and older. And this is from a few years ago. So I imagine it's, it's gone up in certain areas. So advanced degrees are on the rise. We'll say like 20 years ago, advanced degrees were maybe at 9%. And now 
as of um, 2016, they're up to 14%. So more people are getting advanced degrees, Mm -hmm. um, high school graduates with no college at all. That number is actually going down. And the number of at least some college and bachelors are on the rise. So there's an understanding that getting your degree and getting some sort of advanced education past high school is important. And luckily, the number for people with less than a high school diploma, those numbers have gone down um, since the 90s. There are less people with only a high school diploma and more people getting more education. But of those numbers, when we break it down into age, the older people are significantly undereducated. Um, I don't meet this graph myself. You know, I have a master's degree. I should be making this amount. And I'm not. <laughs> I'm making the associate degree amount. I'm barely making that. I'm making like the some college no degree median. You know, I should be way up here. Well, look at the fact that you got your master's degree fairly recently in this study. When did those people get that master's degree? Are we talking about 10 years ago? Hmm. So they now have 10 years worth of experience to add to that master's degree? That's a good point. So this is a fun little graph because it shows the U.S. labor force shares by age from 1970 to 2014, and then it shows a projected 2014 to 2024. So you can see how... Um, from way back in the 70s, going all the way up to like 2004, that older people, the 55 plusers, were on their way to, um, you know, retiring and leaving the workforce. You know, you get older, it's time to leave. But instead, and we'd have to go back and see exactly what happened in 2004 around that time. Well, actually, you can see there was a, it started to really to increase in 2000, that old people had to stay in the workforce longer. And now they're expected to stay in the workforce on a consistent rise, projected at least through 2024 and probably longer. So although they make up a smaller number of workers overall, the 65 to 74 year olds and the 75 and older age groups are projected to have faster rates of labor force growth annually than any other age groups. Over the entire decade from 2014 to 2024, the labor force growth rate of the 65 to 74 year old age group is expected to be about 55. And the labor force group rate of the 75 and older age group is expected to be about 86% compared with only 5% increase for all the rest of us in other age groups. So if my mom's listening, I'm sorry to say, yeah, you're never going to be able to retire. (laughs) She happens to be in that group. But what I was looking for was the education statistics. No, I can't find them. Well, I was looking for those. Rochelle, what? You were going to tell a story. Um, You're going to make fun of yourself, I think you said? Yeah, pretty much. That was mine. Uh, Because um, I was going to use my statistics a little later. Um, You know, I think we both have very different career paths. You've been 
you were at the same job for a very long time and you took a very planned approach to leaving that job and pursuing something that was more fulfilling to you personally versus financially. Right. Which I applaud. Good for you. That's super smart. As we discussed uh, before. We people right. That we, like me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because I, well, you know me, I always kind of had the thought, you know, oh, I'll do that when I grow up. Or, you know, oh, I've got time to worry about that later. Um, and, and then the good old, well, I'm only, you know, insert age here now. Uh, I don't have to plan right now. Uh, I did work for the phone company like you did. I worked there about seven years in my early 20s. And I was like, this sucks. I, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. The financial rewards were nice. I bought myself a house, bought a brand new car, blah, 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 blah. But I wasn't really happy. So I just said, nope, not doing this anymore. And I kind of took that approach to, well, uh, my entire job life. I never really did higher education uh, at first. I just kind of um, would get into something. Um, and uh, I would try to make plans, but they would just sort of consistently fall apart. Uh, mostly because I would get bored. I would get bored with whatever it was I had <laughs> decided to do, or I would get too into it and I would burn myself out, or I would decide that, oh, okay, maybe there's something really, this is something that I do want to pursue further. And I would take a promotion that I um, seemed like a good idea at the time and then would just be, would just be more work that I cared to do. <laughs> <laughs> I like the work you cared to you do know. when you worked at um, the candy store. Oh, my God. That job was fun. That job itself was fun. Because you brought home that candy all the time. Working for psychotic higher-ups where I'm like, is this really, like, my job is to sell candy. You guys are just flat-out crazy. I'm really good at selling candy. You should just let me sell candy. <laughs> and And they were worried about all sorts of other things that had nothing to do with candy and were just utterly ridiculous. And I said, yeah, no, I've done this long enough. I think, you know, my, my middle finger just gets real itchy and I get bored or I see the patterns and I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to do this forever. Like this was fun for now, but for no way. And at that point, I, I quit in my head and I, for any excuse to leave I mean any excuse I'm just waiting for it I've quit in my head I'm just waiting for that straw that's gonna break the camel's back and then I'm like that's it I'm out right and, and that's not that's not a smart thing to do it's not a it's not an intelligent way to approach life I've been really pretty lucky that I've just been able to fall into a new job when I needed to um I've been fortunate in that. I'm just like, oh, I need a job. And then we'll have a job in no time. And that's because you never really also worried in between. You're like, well, I'll get another job. And that's one yeah. thing. And on me, on the other hand, I was just brought up with that mentality that well, you need to be working. So early on in my early 20s, if the, the one time I got let go from a job, by the end of that day, I had two jobs. 
because I couldn't, I freaked out thinking if I have one day without a job and then that's one day I'm not getting paid and then how will I pay my bills? And I feel like I'm always under that, that stress, you know, and, and sadly that's, that's why I spent so many years giving up the things that I really wanted to do for the one thing I thought I had to do. Um, and that's, it is true. You know, you need to work, but there is something to be said about having that happiness. Yes. And not just absolutely feeling a sense of personal fulfillment from your job, not hating your job and and purpose. It's very important just to you mentally. If you hate what you do for Christ's sake, stop doing it. There will always be another job. There will never be another life. Go do the things you want to do. And, and don't worry so much about needing to get paid. Dollar bills are very common. You can make more, you know, uh, but, um, and, and if you know, can't, then last about three years. Hmm? If, and if you can't make more then just go be a drug mule. No, I'm kidding. That's bad advice. <laughs> That's one thing I've never done, but I have had a very sort of storied past in regard to things that I have done. I mean, I last mm, usually about three years in a job and then I just get so bored with it. To be honest, I'm a really good employee, but at the same time, I am a really terrible employee. Like when I'm into a job and it's still challenging and I'm still learning, I am so good. But the minute that there is no challenge to it, ugh, I just cash out mentally. Now that I'm older, I worry a little bit more about, I don't know, my ability to be seen as hireable. I'll be honest, uh, this last time that I got a job, I did stress about that. You know, I had on my nice pair of slacks and my nice shirt, but going into that interview, I was sweating bullets. I'm, you know, I'm like, holy crap, I'm 44 and I have no career and if you look back at my job history it's not that it's spotty I went from job to job but it's just all over the place Uh, luckily the place where I work now God bless them all they really wanted was somebody with a pulse (laughs) So so I got that job but occasionally I'll 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 think about that and then I'll go somewhere and I will see a person who is older than me working and I'm like no you just you really just have to want a job to get a job but But will that job pay will that job pay adequately and that's sort of the issue so that is actually very true that is a very true statement there's a statistic that the baby boomers today so this is our parents' generation, might enjoy a higher standard of living than their parents, but they also have experienced the largest wage inequality of any cohort to date. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what's happening with these individuals out there trying to find work that are older than me and have no education? You know, I can only wonder if I'm having a problem. Like to this day, I think I mentioned on the on the mini-sode, that I have something like 138 or so job applications since November that I've sent sent in. I'm 45. I have no real college. I don't have a degree. So I do just have a high school diploma with the whole check here for some college. And what it means for me is 
I don't necessarily have the ability to say, I want to be this thing and be able to go do that. I can find a starting position here and there, but I definitely have to, uh, I don't have the ability to say, I want to be an astronaut and that's not happening. You know, I have to pick something that is a lower rung position. Um, I know that I couldn't do what you do. I couldn't say, oh, well, I want to be a teacher. Yeah, nobody's going to let me teach their kids. I have a penchant for like fireworks and roasted meats. This is not something (laughs) you want around your kids. I like the roasted meats. Well, depends on the day. Yeah, you you know, I think I mentioned before, too, that where I worked, I was still in the middle of seniority because so many people older than me were still at that job and had been there since they were, you know, 16 years old and the and the telephone services as as we knew it were a pegboard and they and they actually worked when it was a pegboard and they're there still even now so I was never going to move move up in the seniority and there there wasn't really any no one wanted a management opportunity because you're in a union environment and these people have been there since they were teenagers and have no education because they've stayed there there was a time where this was a really really great place to to work with really yeah. good pay at a time where it was hard to get that kind of pay um but as competition came and corporate greed and everything else it it is on par with the way other you know white collar jobs for non-management occupational white collar jobs pay and so none of these people i won't say none but most of them do not like their job but they're older and they have no education. So they feel that they cannot quit. And I would say that was probably a big part of why I did quit when I did really at the time that I started at the film company, I started, I want to say I was 19 years old, maybe, maybe a little older than that, but not much. Um, and, and at the time, the idea was I had, I had done some junior college and I was like, well, I've got this, I got in with the phone company. There's, there's no need to get a higher education. I could just do this job with the phone company and start making money hand over fist within like two, three years. My wage at the time was way, way above what any of my friends who were currently in college were making. I had money. They did not. So I didn't pursue a higher education until much later in life. And even then, I, I never finished that. What was your first job ever? I was a cashier at an organic farmer's market on like 59th Avenue in Northern. And it was fun. I got to learn a lot about different fruits and vegetables and how not to smash tomatoes. And I got to see how frenzied people would get over a delicious ear of corn. But I have to admit, (laughs) that place had the best corn I've ever had in my life. That kind of sounds fun. It was fun. Did you work the cashier? Mm Mm-hmm. My first um, job was a concessionist at the movie theater. Fun. It wasn't fun. And I'll tell you why. Because... You had to work late, you know, you had to stay till the theater's, you know, empty. And then luckily I never had to be the one to sweep the the theaters. I didn't have to do that, but, you know, because I worked the concession part, but there were, um, there were mice. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) 
there were mice and I would see them like there would be a line of customers wanting popcorn and I'm walking across the little aisle in the back, you know, doing this and that and a, and, and a mouse would run across right in front of me, you know, and I can't scream or react, you know, you can't start yelling. There's rodents and <laughs> what's that going to do? And the other shitty part was um, none of the popcorn, you know, when you go into a movie theater, you see all the popcorn kind of popping right there in front of you in the, in the things. They didn't have that at this theater. There was a popcorn making room upstairs and these huge yellow bags. So you had to go up there and get the popcorn and bring it down. And they reused the popcorn. Like you, so from there, you put the popcorn in the cases. There were these cases in the front that, that held all the popcorn. Right, and warmed it. I'm and warmed sure. it, right. And so at night, you turn off the warmers and take all the popcorn and, that wasn't used and put it back. Now, when I think about this, this all sounds just so unsanitary, you know. Anyway, you put the pop, and and it, so it was stale popcorn. The popcorn would get reused the next day, and then more popcorn right. would be popped and mixed in. And after you entered all the popcorn, I'm, I'm going to tell you what they paid me at the end, but let me tell you all the shitty part first, and then I'll tell you what I got paid. So after you empty it, you had to take vinegar, you know, because what, what else is really going to get the oil out right. that's safe for consumption? You know, you can't put chemicals in there or bleach or whatever. So you had to take vinegar and stick your head in there. It's, you know, stick really your upper torso in there with the vinegar and spray the whole thing down and clean it and you're inhaling it's not pleasant okay right i'm not an easter egg i i don't want to be you know surrounded by that much vinegar but it was nasty it was not fun so yes there were mice the stale popcorn being written like oh you can see free movie i don't think i went and saw any movie while i was working you know because i was working and i did all that for three dollars and sixty cents an hour And then I want to say that uh, my first job as a cashier at the organic market, I pulled in, well, it was whatever minimum wage was at the time. Uh, I want to say, I don't even think it was $3 an hour. I know I worked all day long, Saturday and Sunday from very, very early until, uh, until into the evening. And I want to say I made like $175 every two weeks. Yeah, I remember bringing home like $200. Yeah, because I worked worked very long hours every weekend. And I was a babysitter too. That's my first official job. But it was a fun job. It was interesting. I stuck one of my uh, thumbs into an extremely rotten onion. And was unable to get that smell off of my hand for almost a week. <laughs> it's like slicing garlic and your finger smell for several uh, days. It is a smell that you were, you will, if you ever smell it, you will never forget it. I had to, I was stocking a bin of onions and we had a big bag of onions and I was just pulling the onions out and you just knock some of the extra paper skin off of them and uh, put them in the bin. And when I reached into this giant bag that was roughly the size of me, I don't even know how I got the bag moved. It was huge. Uh, But I reached in to grab some onions and I felt my thumb go into something very soft and warm. Oh, that's always a bad thing. Oh, that's not a good sign. And when I pulled my hand out of the bag, I was just like, oh, that's an odor. 
that's a smell. <laughs> it was just deep in the heart of this bag. Um, that job was fun. There was really no negative to it other than the fact it was hot. There was no air conditioning. It was throughout the summer. It was uh, in May, June, and then into the start of July. And then I had like two weeks off before I went back to school. No negative. It was it was a fun job. It does sound fun. It was. All of my jobs have been, in a way, very fun because they've all been things where I'm like, "Oh, that sounds kind of cool. Maybe I can do that." Were you that ever sounds a, interesting? Were you ever a server? Did you ever work fast food? I never worked fast food traditionally. When I was in college, we had a class where we had to serve. It was part of learning front of house and then learning back of house. And I was actually really good at it. It's just that being five foot tall, it's not advantageous. One of the gentlemen that I worked with, he was like, you should do this. You're a really good server. I'm like, no, this sucks. Carrying these giant trays, having these little arms and legs, being tubby, this is not for me. This is not fun for me. But I've, you know, I've worked with animals. I've worked with candy. I've always had all these wackadoo jobs. I was a lunch lady. It's always been something where I, I get this idea in my head and I'm like, oh, that'd be interesting. I want to be one of those. And then you do it for a while and you're like, this sucks. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't as fun as I thought it would be. Did you ever have uh, problems um, because of your size or attitude um, in job interviews or with employees or management? Oh my God, I am so good in a job interview. I am the best interview in the whole world. People are just salivating to hire me at the end of the job interview because I'm I'm just really good in a job interview. Now, once I'm your employee, eh, it's not always the greatest. Um, some My sometimes sunshiny attitude is not so sunshiny. I make jokes out of everything. I take nothing seriously. I had, (laughs) when I worked at Sam's Club when I was younger, I had one of my managers look me in the eye and say, what happened to that girl that I interviewed? And I said, I ate her. (laughs) Um, No, I don't know. I've had some issues with... I can't get away with it now that I'm older, so I try to be really careful about being a shitty person at work. I try to be nice. I've had issues with male managers where... It reminds me of the same issues I had with some of my male teachers in high school. It is like, um, I'm not submissive like I'm supposed to be, you know, they're very patriarchal. And if I, if I push against the authority or question or in any way, not undermine, but simply bring up other alternatives to the way they're doing something, they take offense to that. You can oh, tell there's a... I, I've dealt with that a bit when I was younger. It's the whole know your place. It's sort you of know, know your place. Your but I also think like if I were a normal sized female, because I noticed this too, normal and pretty and what have you, you know, that, that normal net, there, there was more, I won't say respect, but there was more kindness to those women. And also I sat next to like the boys club. So this manager and other guys would talk about football and stuff all day. And there was one older lady and then, and then myself, and they didn't really care what I overheard. Um, not just sports, but other things. So completely inappropriate. So anyhow, we've covered all kinds of shit in this episode, but, um, one thing I wanted to, um, mention 
because again, the, the main concern here is that there's a lot of the younger people that are out of work right now. I'm not too concerned about, there are more of them than anyone else, but they're resilient. They're young. They have their whole career ahead of them. But yeah, the older people that, cause we're going to be older people. So yeah, we already are. We, we already are. And then, and then what happens? Like when I get down the road, how long, how long am I going to do this career? So, well, you know, the interesting thing is people in their twenties, they are expected to job hop and right. career change. If anything, they're applauded for knowing that this isn't a good fit and moving on. But there's some people sort of ageism. Bracket, right. We are kind of expected to stay to know what right? we want and to be complacent. Um, and so if you're in a job interview and you're like, you're 58, we'll say, and you're up for this same, and for whatever reason you wanted to work, work a job change, you need the job, you want to do it part-time for fun, whatever, and you're up against a younger, you know, 22-year-old, who, who are they going to, and they both have about the same education level. Oh, well, let's who, look who at Who are we going to give it, who, uh, who are they going to give the, the job to? The 22-year-old lasted eight months at their last job before they decided it wasn't for them and it was time to move on. Right. The 45-year-old lasted eight months at their last job before they decided it wasn't for them and it was time to move on. However, the 45 or 54-year-old might might expect a higher paycheck, so it might be cheaper to get the younger person at a lower wage. And I think that's why a lot of people like myself are having trouble finding work. You know, there's always that little place on your application that says, you know, what, what salary are you expecting? You know, and I think there's a fine line there that if you put something too high or really what you think you should get, then they don't even look at your application. I, I have never thought that was fair. Sure. Um, I believe that you should be able to interview. They should like you and then they should make you an offer. And at that point you can accept the offer. You can counter offer, but right up front saying, what do you expect? I always, I'm an asshole. I just put a million dollars in there million dollars that's gonna start putting that maybe i'll get something i i make a joke out of everything though i think that's you know the whole boys club thing that you described that's how i get through that as i use humor i'm constantly joking about things and a lot of times i have to be careful because it can be seen as inappropriate nowadays so there's holding your tongue on that but i have always been really kind of insulted by the idea that i should tell you what to pay me, you know, you should make me an offer. And if I don't like it, it's well within my right to say no thank you or to say that's not going to work for me. How about this? But using that as a way to just toss out applicants is shitty. It's shitty because it's asking people to say, what do you think you're worth? Well, if you put in a figure that's lower than what they were going to offer, well, of course, they're going to take your lower figure. Right. My issue that I'm dealing with right now is I have all this education and I'm starting to gain experience, Mm -hmm. but some jobs I think aren't hiring me because I don't have experience, but I can't gain experience if I can't get a job, a job in that field. Does that make sense? So I've applied for the same position, uh, same part-time shitty paying (laughs) teaching position for a particular course at a particular school now I will say I think five times and on top of that one job I've applied for others that I'm qualified to teach 
I have a total, I think, of close to 20, between 20 and 25 applications to this place. And I, and, um, we'll also say that I've worked at this place. Okay. I've worked there. So I've worked there. I've done well there and I've applied for other jobs there and I can't even get to an interview. Right. And on top of that, not getting to that interview, I keep seeing the job come up. Like they still need someone for it. So why the heck I don't, what am I not doing correctly? Right. What am, and it's, it can be very frustrating. So I can only imagine what it would be for an older person, um, older than me, that's having to go through this right now. It, it, it must be terrifying. I'm not that terrified at the moment. I've got stuff lined up. I'm, I'm new in my second career and it's going to take time to build up my resume and my experience for that. I'm already doing things for that. But what about the, what about the others that don't have that? So I'm reading, um, an article. This is kind of part of my, my heads up in the closing here. I'm reading an article from the American Council on Education. And it says that most adults have remained in low skilled jobs for most of their lives. And with high school diplomas or less, they may never have viewed college as a possibility. So my heads up suggestion is for many colleges I know that go out to recruit students that this is an untapped demographic that they should really be looking into is I think an ad campaign to get older Americans educated to think that they uh were you rolling your eyes at that no no I was I was trying to itch my eyeball without <laughs> is that it? my finger it, I'm like <laughs> she, she's either stroking out sorry <laughs> I get my eye itch. Like what is happening? So I was like, maybe I can itch it with my eyelid. Watch. Anyhow, yes, you know, I, I, I think. And I was watching myself do it, and I was like, that's a stupid face. (laughs) And I'm watching you going, okay, so she's not going back to school. No. No, no. um, But I think, yeah, there, it's not. not, No, it was not about your statistic (laughs) at all. I actually, you know, it's, it's so. I, look at me. I, I never really went to college when everybody else was going to college because I had a job that had so much promise and was so good. And then I got a little bit scared as I got older into my 30s. I'm like, gosh, you know, I went to community college that was expensive as, enough as it was. I never finished. I went into a job. I don't have that many more credits, but the degree, it's like, ugh. Um, do I really want to go into debt at this age? At this age, my husband and I, we're cleaning out our debts. Right. We paid for our house. We're saving up. We're going to pay for the next vehicles we get in full. And I don't know that at the age of 45, I want to pile myself up with student Right. Loans. And this isn't so much um, debt. Um, there's some statistics, statistics that older people don't necessarily need a degree but a few classes on basically to increase their skill sets while they oh, still sure. have yeah, to work and because of that though they usually are an untapped source um, of universities you know they're geared toward the young people anytime i'm on mm-hmm. campuses the the students doing their little tour are all young and in high school and you don't see many older people and i think there's some ageism associated with that as well so i think we need to be aware of the fact that we're going to be an older society working and that we should be offering and offering more opportunities to older people because we're going to be there (laughs) 
we're going to be older and um, need access to well-paying well, jobs. Not to mention, we, as our generation ages, sure, some of us are going to be well-prepared financially to move into retirement, but some of us are not. And, and that's kind of a scary thought. It's all uh, scary. Like, you know, we have no answers here on Glamazons and Leprechauns. No, this we is, never pretend to. We, this is just a discussion. Like, hopefully you weren't looking, well, what should I do? If I'm so sorry if you are that person. I, I just, I know what, what I think universities and people in charge should do, you know, as far as. I would just say what you should do is you should never wait, sit back and wait for it to be time to do something. I think that's the that best time advice. time is right now. Yes, don't stay in a job that you hate because you think you have no other options. Right. I think there are options out there, even if they're not staring you in the face or, or showing you as an opportunity or welcoming you in. Maybe one of those things is going back to school and picking up a few mm-hmm. extra skills or taking a couple classes. Just because you're older doesn't mean it's too late for you to do that. That's an option right. for you. But don't... Your happiness is more important because you only live one life. Right. This is it. You don't know what the next chapter after this this looks like. This is not a read through. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. If you're dissatisfied with your level of education, go get more. You can get student loans. Shit, don't pay them back. Screw them. (laughs) You'll be dead anyway. But I mean... You do whatever it is you want, whatever it is, you pursue your happiness and pursue it with everything you have because you can't sit back and wait for someone else to make you happy. Wait for a job to make you happy. Sadly, women in our age bracket are the most likely to suffer from job complacency and stagnation because we're we're taking care of kids. We're taking care of spouses. We're taking care of our aging parents. We need to take care of ourselves, and part of that is educating yourself. If it's something as simple as taking a class on a computer system or reading a book or being like Tracy and going and getting your Masters of the Universe. I did, debt-free. I scra- I chiseled that thing yep. for years. Anyway, those were all great points. Thank you for that. And I think we uh, we're about at the end of our episode. So if you have are any, we, really? we are. We've been, in fact, we got a lot to edit down. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to write to us at feedback at galpodcast dot com. That is feedback at gal g a l podcast dot com. Because no way in hell will we make you spell the word leprechaun. You're welcome. So. Uh, Join us next time. Higher education. <laughs> I claim to be the real leprechaun. I have no clue how to spell it. I got the leper part right. <laughs> you almost did from that. Never mind. I'm erasing oh that. Oh my god, that was so fun. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.